0: You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. I want to reiterate uh, what Pastor Simo said. Um, Just thank you so much for navigating, changing, changing, car parking situations, Uh, not not just this morning, although this morning obviously came with an increase in in having to navigate those, but also over the last few months as the construction has been going up. um, The good news is we are coming to the end of all of the construction processes in and around the school. Uh, The Binny Shell's coming down, their new building's going up. Very soon we're gonna have all of the parking back uh, and it's gonna be a very exciting morning. That morning, I can tell you, they're gonna have some celebration. In the, in the service. Everyone's going to be coming in full of joy. But I just want to say thank you so much. I love, I love that we're a church that doesn't allow something like car parking to stop us gathering together, lifting up the name of Jesus. You know, the enemy, I was listening to something this morning and, and then Pastor Janet said something similar to me. But the enemy, you know, if he, if he can't destroy you, he'll distract you. You know, if he, can't, if he can't stop you coming to church, He'll distract you when you get here uh, with something that's absolutely natural, something that's not spiritual at all. He'll take that, He'll try to use it, He'll try to get it into your head, He'll try to start it moving around in your head. So all you're thinking about is the parking that you didn't have or the inconvenience that it was and He'll, he'll do all He can to distract you from what God has for you this morning. So, so I, I, I feel, I sense that as a church, uh, we haven't allowed that to happen and I wanna thank you for that. I wanna thank you for being proactive and being aware that the enemy would try to stop you from receiving all that God has for you this morning, but that that you've been on your guard. Like it says in Peter, in 1 Peter, be on your guard. Because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeing who he can devour. He's not a lion, he's a masquerade. He puts on a, a mask, he puts on a facade. He comes in pretense, but he has a purpose and that's to stop you from interacting with your Saviour, stop you interacting with the one person that can bring tangible, lasting change in your life, the one person that can bring hope and peace and joy into your world, breakthrough, healing, freedom, those things that we so long for in our soul. The enemy's plan is to stop you connecting from the one person and and, and God Himself who can bring those things into your life. So yeah, I guess I wanna say thank you. Uh, for being a church that hasn't allowed that to happen this morning, but being uh, a church that's come ready to lift up the name of Jesus, to press in and to engage in what He has for us this morning. And uh, I believe, as I said before, that He has put uh, a word in me this morning that's gonna have uh, more of an outworking than a teaching. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna try to move through this a uh, couple of a couple of I guess scriptures to set the scene this morning, uh, and then we're gonna invite people to respond so that we can pray for you and allow uh, the truth of this word to become a reality in your life. Right? That there might be a point for application this morning, uh, not just revelation. So so prepare yourselves for that. But. Um, For those of you who are visiting this morning, my name's Nate, I'm the campus pastor here along with my incredibly talented, beautiful wife, whose birthday it was yesterday, come on. She's amazing and she is the absolute better half of all that we do. So if you enjoy something about our church, please, can you thank her for it? I can guarantee you it has somehow gone through her or, or been uh, 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 supported by her, um, she's, she's awesome. So um, if you have a Bible with you, uh, I'd love for you to turn to uh, the book of Isaiah. Um, it's, if, if, you, if you have your Bible closed and you open it in the middle and then, and then go to the left, right, go to the right a little bit, uh, you'll find Isaiah. Uh, that's how I find it anyway. There's also an index. If you get lost at the front of your Bible, it's incredibly helpful for those weird, obscure minor prophet letters, which nobody can find. Um, But if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, it's fine. We're going to have the scripture up on our screen. And uh, we're going to continue this morning with our series, which is entitled A Son Is Given. Uh, we've been looking into this idea that a sum was given to us over the last couple of weeks in the lead up to Christmas, knowing and accepting and believing that Jesus was the best, the, the most amazing, incredible gift that was given to humanity, uh, and that Christmas is a moment that we celebrate that. Uh, and so we've been unpacking these, these names of Jesus, who He is, who He was gonna be, and who He is today, um, and, and, and believing, and seeing uh, the impact that they can have on our lives. So Isaiah 9, 6 to 7 is our series scripture. I'm going to read this morning from the New Living, if that's all right. It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen. Can we pray this morning? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your Word. I want to thank you that it is alive. God, that as we read it, it speaks to us. It feeds us. It brings life into our very being. Lord, I pray for every person here this morning that God, as I speak, they'd hear You. Lord, they'd hear Your Holy Spirit, Your counsel, Your wisdom uh, coming through me this morning, Lord. God, I pray also that You would meet with people this morning, where they're at, Lord, in their weakness, their struggle, their condition this morning. Lord, I pray You'd meet with them, bring transformation in the Name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that the power of prayer is being seen as the jets move up the table and we claim victory tonight in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, we're in the sixth, we're moving up, finals, come on. We're going to be there and uh, it's going to be awesome. And we're we're going to overcome VAR this year in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, Uh, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Awesome. Um, Let's also think of our Northwest service at the moment. It's kicking off. Um, For those of you who who aren't aware, we're one church in many locations. Uh, On Sundays, we meet here. We meet uh, over at Jesmond. Uh, During the week, we have all sorts of things going on. And um, it's all a part of our church. And and it's incredible. Um, So, yeah, I just, I guess I'm still kind of praying as I'm talking. But let's pray that God will bless that service right now. If you have been here for the last couple of weeks, you will have known that that week one of our series, we talked about uh, how how we can model Jesus in being a gift, Um, that as we begin to outwork uh, a function Uh, within the body. Uh, As we begin to outwork a function, we shift from um, just just being to actually being a gift in someone's world. Uh, And then week two, Pastor Mel brought a great word on um, how Jesus is our wonderful counsellor and and, and the fact that He walked planet Earth uh, bringing counsel and wisdom and then ascended into heaven. And His promise was that He would send His Spirit to continue that embodiment of God as wonderful counsellor in our lives. And that every Every day, every moment we have access to the Holy Spirit of Jesus, who is able to counsel us, bring wisdom uh, and be the power in us to live the life that Christ has called us to live. The life that we sort of signed up to when we said, Jesus, I believe who You are. I'm going to give You my life. I'm going to accept Your life. And, and, and with that, I would, I would like Your Holy Spirit to live in me so that I can live the life You've called me to live. Um, and what an incredible promise and gift that Holy Spirit was. This week, we're shifting to the third title that Jesus has given in this particular Scripture. And that is the title, Mighty God, which is awesome. Mighty God. Pastor Keith said to, to me and Pastor Darren during the week, you guys are lucky, get to speak on the might of God. Uh, it's an easy thing to kind of unpack um, because I think it's evident. It's evident everywhere in our lives when something happens that that we weren't able to do ourselves, it's an indicator of the might of God. And uh, I love it. I love hearing people's testimonies because testimonies attribute to the might of God. But I thought thought this morning um, we could could talk a little bit about something um, that I find always very interesting to do with people. That that is a word association game. Has everyone ever had to do a word association game where people are like, I'm going to say a word, and then you say the first word that comes to your mind. Now, being that we're in a, a sort of a corporate setting, I'm not going to get you to respond to this this morning. Uh, part of that's for your benefit. Um, and part of that's for my benefit. Uh, but, but just think in your head, I'm going to say a few words. Just think, what's the first word that comes to mind when I say cow? Chocolate. Mine was milk. Um, what's the first word that comes to your head when I say summer? Mine's beach. Right? There's these, there's these associations that we have with words, in our mind, um, what's the first thing that uh, comes to your mind when I say the word child? Mine is no sleep. I <laughs> Can I hyphen it and make it non-sleep if I put a hyphen in there? I wonder, I wonder what you think when you hear the word mighty. I, I, I was thinking about that this morning. What's the first word that comes to my mind when I say the word mighty? Oddly enough, it's the word sword. I don't know why that just that's just what comes to mind it's not God Um, mighty sword first thing in my head so there you go a little insight into the obscurity of your pastor's brain Uh, I apologize in advance but maybe maybe some of the words that went through your head things like maybe surf uh, maybe it's a storm mighty storm or maybe maybe it's like a gigantic ship like I don't know mighty mighty vessels things I don't know Maybe it's a piece of mining equipment, maybe you see these incredibly huge mining trucks and stuff that uh, in your workplace. maybe it's an ancient warrior or, or like an army. Um, we don't always have to pretend that the, the the idea is is spiritual. Can we be honest and say sometimes we think of the words like mighty or awesome and I think of things like mountains? See if we're not careful and and I talk about myself here, but sometimes if I'm not honest enough about, about where a word is at for me, I can slip into using it without thinking about it. For instance, sometimes I'll find myself using a particular descriptor of God in my prayer life or, or somewhere else. And, and, and it dawns on me, just probably the Holy Spirit, just hey, that I don't really know what I'm saying. You can agree with that or not, or you can leave me up here in, in, in my, my cold sweat that I'm the only person in the building that sometimes uses words and descriptors about God that, that I actually am not cognitively thinking about. Uh, it's just something that I've learned and I use and it flows off the tongue really easily. Um, and there's no, there's no nothing inherently wrong with that, except that when we do that, we, we actually stop ourselves from stepping into the power that those Names and those words and those descriptors of God can carry in our lives. You see, if we're not careful, we can slip into using them without allowing fresh revelation to rest on them. You see, I find mighty God is one of those things. It's one of those words that if I'm not careful, I I can just throw it out. I can throw it out in a prayer. I can throw it out in a, in a conversation. Uh, and, and, and without realising it, I've, I've actually lost the power of the idea of the might of God uh, in the way that I talk about it. And it's not, it's not something that's incredibly negative. It's just a reality that as human beings, we require fresh revelation on the attributes of God actually all the time. We we need there is a never-ending uh, revelation that we can have about Christ, and what we need is is just to continually allow the Holy Spirit to bring a freshness onto the names we use about God, the way we describe God. And we'll, you see, what we find with fresh revelation is that every fresh revelation opens a door to an area of application in your life, which can bring new transformation. You see, if we stay in yesterday's revelation, it will become old. We'll stop having any power on it to be able to apply it, and before long, the the capacity of that Word to bring transformation is gone. We need to come back to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, I need fresh revelation on the might of God because I got some areas in my life that I need to apply that might because I'm not seeing transformation. And unless I get fresh revelation, there can be no new application and therefore no transformation. And if we're not careful, we will become stagnant and stale in the names of God and stagnant and stale in the attributes of God. And before long, the journey of transformation into the fullness of God in us stops because our fresh revelation has stopped. You can pick any revelation. God is good. That, that is an incredible revelation. But after a little time, that, that can get stale. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to freshen it for us, just that new facet, like that diamond, all these tiny little cuts, tiny little sides, tiny little facets, same diamond, different facets, same revelation, same, oh, sorry, same attribute, of God, His goodness, but so many infinite facets to that and that we get to unpack over the journey of our life. And every new facet creates an opportunity for fresh application and renewed transformation in our lives. So, so this morning, we're gonna unpack mighty and allow the Holy Spirit to bring fresh revelation on that. You see, mighty speaks of power and authority. It's both the power and capacity to do what somebody says. Where are all my parents this morning? Oh, wave at me. Yes, come on. I don't know if anyone's ever given you parenting wisdom. Um, I'm not gonna do that this morning because many of you are way further on the parenting journey than me. But I'm gonna gonna, uh, reiterate a parenting piece of wisdom that someone gave to me. They said, never threaten something you won't or can't follow through on it directly undermines your authority. Now, I don't know about you, but there has been so many times in my short journey of parenting where I have wanted to threaten some type of extravagant consequence. I'm not gonna go into the specifics because you may no longer wanna listen to me as your pastor, but there have been things that I have wanted to say to try to drive home the obedience that I would like in my home. And I have been threatened to, oh, I think of some of the, the ones I am willing to share. Things like, things like you, know, you are not going to be able to play on the iPad for a week. Right well, now, that's not obviously a significant one, like, but, but that's what I'm willing to share. Now, the reality is that, <laughs> yeah, right? The reality is that in our life there are times, moments. Okay, for instance, when we arrive early here at church and and we're trying to run prayer and rages up your worship. It's it's just really beneficial, actually, to be able to let our kids watch a tiny bit of the iPad or my phone or something like that. So for me to threaten that, there's no way I'm following through on that. There's no way, right? Because it disrupts my life too much. And 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 so. I was always told, you know, don't do that. Make sure that if you're going to say something like this is the consequence, if you don't do that, make sure, number one, that you actually have the the power to to fulfil that consequence. Uh, And number two, make sure that you have the the capacity to carry it out. Don't ever say something you're not willing to do because uh, it's going to undermine you next time. Authority is being able to say, I can and I will, and being able to back that up. Power is having the ability, strength and capacity to complete a certain task. You see, power and authority often work hand in hand. It's like a little hand in glove kind of situation. It's because you often have the authority because you have some type of power. For instance, I have the power to take toys away from my children. I have that power because I'm their parent. And if they struggle, I'm stronger. So far, wait till Addie's a teenager. Then I'll start lifting in the gym. And so this idea of of authority and power is very rarely separated. They're often incredibly linked and, and often difficult to disconnect. Sometimes someone can have authority and their power is outworked through somebody else but still the authority and power has to come back to the person that is actually at the end of the day able to do the thing they said has been done. You can ask someone to go and do it for you, but often there's times where it will arrive back at you because you are actually the one that has the power and the authority to do it. I learned this very early on in my teaching career um, and as a young teacher trying to develop classroom management. So for some of you, managing two children, two teenagers in a home um, sounds like a difficulty. Um, As a high school teacher, I had the incredible joy (coughs) and privilege um, of managing up to 25, sometimes 30 or more teenagers in one space at the same time um, and wanting them to do something that often they didn't actually want to do, uh, which, you know, I signed up for and I actually really enjoyed it. But what I learned was that there was ways in which I was able to communicate the authority and the power that I had as a teacher. For instance, I had the backing of the principal. I had the the foundation of the discipline policy and therefore I was able to have some level of power and authority in the classroom. And as I rose up in leadership in that school, I carried more power and authority because I was released to lay down more significant consequences for students that maintained poor behaviour and things like that. And so often I would be the one that would get called in when someone else's power or authority was surpassed by a student. And so I learned that power and authority goes up the line. But I I learned something else really uh, significant about power and authority. And that is... When I, many years ago when I was in youth ministry, and for those of you who are there, you may remember this. um, But it was one of my moments of pride, which happens from time to time. And and we all know that Scripture says, you know, pride comes before a fall. Um, And so I, we got got like 100, 150 kids going crazy in this room. And and I thought, I am so good at being a teacher. I have such a good teacher stare. I'm going to implement it right now. And I I elbowed someone who was next to me. I said, watch this. Teacher skills. Laid out my best teacher stare. Laced with power and authority. To which nothing happened at all. Not even a single one of the youth even noticed that I was standing at the front. Yes, yeah, so you've got to understand, I was used to walking into an assembly, simply standing and looking, and silence would descend on the room. That was, that was what I was used to. And I walked into another room with the same amount of children, the same age, thinking that I was able to translate my power and authority into that space. And it was a humbling experience, to say the least. But looking back, I learned something. I learned that earthly authority always has a context, and power always has a limit. And if we're not careful, we will subconsciously apply that idea to Christ. because we live in the natural. So natural tends to define us if we don't work against that. If we don't continually work to be transformed in our mind, our mind will naturally develop nature-based mindsets, nature-based ideas, nature-based subconscious filters. And and we have to continually go to the Word of God, like it says in Romans, to be transformed, have our mind transformed so that we begin to think not the way the world thinks, but the way Scripture teaches us to think. And so if we're not careful, we approach this idea of the might of God and we think, well, it has a context and its power has a limit. Because in every context that I exist in, someone's authority is only in their context and the power that they carry in that context has a limit. And what happens when we do that is that we start to believe or we start to doubt that His power is enough for my situation. We may not articulate it like that, but the level of expectation that we carry a transformation would indicate that that's taken seed in our thinking. Or that His authority is not applicable to my struggle. And if we're not careful, we'll stop praying, we'll stop asking, we'll stop believing and we'll stop expecting that God can because a subtle seed has got into our thinking that He can't. That His authority has a context and that that context might have been earth when He was here, but now that He's gone, well, there's a, there's a barrier to that authority. Most of us in this room, we go, no, I don't think like that. But the state of our soul might, might differ. It's interesting because Revelations, Matthew, Colossians, Philippians, Psalms, many, many other places in Scripture, to be honest, describe Jesus in ways that are going to help us to reframe that thinking. They're gonna help us, but but we have to get into scripture. We have to allow scripture to work on our mind. We cannot expect that that listening to something once on a Sunday is gonna be enough to reframe a mind and a mindset or a thought pattern that is actually constantly strengthened hour after hour every day that we exist on planet Earth. We have to be aware of how significant our existence in the natural is to the shaping of our thought patterns and our, and our perspectives on, on spiritual things. We have to be in this thing continually so that it has the same capacity to reshape that we give the world just by being in it. And so I'm going I'm to give you a whole list of things in a second that are going to help reshape your idea of the might, the power and the authority of Christ. But, but I'm going to leave that with you. I guess I'm going to give you a little bit of, of homework this week, if you will, right, to get in and actually allow the Scriptures that talk about these aspects of God to do a reshaping in your mind. For instance... Revelation paints this incredible picture using imagery. It's talking about Jesus the King with many crowns on His head. He's wearing this incredible robe. It's like dripped in blood of all the, the enemies that He's decimated. It talks about the fact that there's this sword coming from His mouth and that His, His eyes are like fire, right? We need, we need to read those images of Jesus every now and again to remind ourselves that He's not just meek and mild. This is King Jesus. This is Jesus who has all power and all authority. Nothing can stand against the Name of Jesus. He has defeated all the, the forces of evil in this world. He has, he has come to them, defeated them, decimated them and He stands supreme over all of them. He's called a consuming fire. He's the commander of the entire armies of heaven. He's a warrior. He's our King. He's conquered death itself, forcing it to go from an end simply to a doorway that swings on His command. He took sickness and He buried it in the grave. He has the name above every name. He made a mockery of shame and guilt and sin and condemnation. He commands the winds and the waves. He multiplies. He delivers. He became sin and descended into the grave. He defeated the enemy and He rose above all things for all time. So there is no end to His power, no context in the created world where His authority is not supreme. Come on, that is our King. That is our Jesus. That is who we say we have committed our life to and whose life we have accepted upon ourselves. Colossians tells us this, that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and He is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and He made the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him, and for Him, and He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. Don't tell me there's no context where His authority is not applicable. Don't tell me that He has some limit on earth, some some space in our life that His power isn't greater than. Don't tell me that somehow we've done something in our world that the blood of Christ cannot wipe out. Don't tell me you have a situation in your life that the power and authority of God cannot come in and change in a moment. We have to realise that His context is the cosmos and His power is limitless. There is no limit to what His power can do and nothing is outside or above His authority. Yeah, there's hashtags that go out these days on social media and stuff like hashtag how to adult, right? Like all these ways in which we're supposed to transition from being teenagers to being adults. I don't know where it is along the line that, that we lose the beautiful simplicity of the faith and belief that our children have. I was thinking about that this morning, a song came to mind, you might know it. It's pretty difficult, Its words are pretty complex. It says, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Yeah, come on, my God is so big, So strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Sometimes it's the simplest things that we need to remind ourselves. Somehow, hashtag how to adult, translated as complexity. Translated as complicated. Translated as difficult translated as, as, as having to know all, understand all, be able to explain all, instead of how to hashtag adult being, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing that He can't do. I'm gonna rest in that. I'm gonna sit in that. I'm gonna let that frame my perspective on life. I'm gonna let that frame my perspective on the issues that I have in my world, on the struggles that I face. I'm not gonna try to explain them. I'm not gonna try to have an answer for them. I'm simply gonna go, I don't get it, but I know my God and He is big and He is strong and He is mighty and there's nothing He can't do. In fact, Ephesians tells us, and I love Paul's prayers to the church, I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now He is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Just in case you wanted to package something in that you thought might be more, more, more above Jesus, He's far above anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. He has made Him head over all things for the benefit of the church. All things mean all things. If you take that word all and you look it up in the Greek, it's incredible, it means all. It means, it means all, all encompassing everything, all. There's nothing left out of all. So like, oh, well, actually that addiction I struggle with, that's outside of all. Or that sickness that I have in my body, well, that's outside of all. Or that relational situation, that's that's outside of all. Or my finances, well, well, that's outside of all. No. No, all is all encompassing. Every single situation, circumstance, difficulty, struggle, every single thing we face in this life is is considered under the authority and power of Christ. And if we look at that Scripture, it starts to get really good. It starts to get really good at the end of that Scripture. The all is good, but this is really good because it finishes by saying that all authority, all power, all things underneath Christ, Why? for the benefit of the church, for the benefit of the church. Now I know our senior pastors and I know that they have gone to great lengths in helping myself and our other pastoral staff redefine our perspective of the church. That the church is not just an organisation, that the church is not just a building, but that the church is people, that the church is you and the church is me. So when we read Scripture that says, for the benefit of the church, we get to translate that, we get to transliterate that to say for the benefit of you and the benefit of me. Because the church is us, the church is people. So if the authority and power of God is for the benefit of the church, the authority and power of God is for the benefit of you. You need to accept that this morning. You need to get that in your spirit this morning, that the power and authority of God has been given to Jesus so that you can benefit from it. So that we might go from strength to strength so that we might be transformed, so that we might be healed, set free, delivered, provided for, receive multiplication in our life. Because when that happens, when these things occur in our world, it points in one direction. It points to the fact that Jesus is real. It points to the fact that Jesus sits on a throne at the right hand of the Father and that He does have all authority, that He did do what He said He did. That when He did come to earth, He did decimate every single thing that the enemy had planned for the people of God's creation. I'm telling you, when when something happens in our world to call into the might of God, it's a mirror that reflects straight back and says He is real. Our breakthrough becomes someone else's signpost. And if His power is real, then He is real. If His authority is real, then He is real. If Peter and John can say, we've got nothing except a name, so in the name of Jesus rise up and walk, and at the mention of that name, a crippled man walks, then He is real. If your addiction gets broken, then He's real. If your sickness is healed, then He's real. If your depression is healed, then He's real. If your poverty is released, then He's real. If your marriage is restored, then He's real. If these testimonies occur in your life, they are for one purpose only, and that is to point people to the One who is able to do it in their life also. Our breakthrough is someone else's signpost. He wasn't just mighty God then, He's mighty God now in all His power and all His authority is for the benefit of us so that we might point people back to Jesus. I really wanna release our pastoral team to pray for people this morning. I want, this is what I'm believing for this morning. I'm believing that you are gonna have a fresh testimony. Too many of us, and this is not a bad thing, don't ever let me, don't ever interpret me saying your salvation is in any way a bad thing, but too many of us are living off that being our testimony. It's an incredible testimony, I love sharing my story, but can I tell you also have a story of him set me free from an addiction. I also have a story of him bringing restoration into my family. You know my mum's marriage. I got I got testimony of him healing me from a generational disease. I got him here testimony of him healing me from a broken wrist. I have testimonies that are current about his power and his authority that I love to share because they're a signpost to the fact that he is real. And some of you need a fresh testimony because because you're you're, you're longing to share about the fact that Jesus is real, but you feel like you don't have anything that that indicates that he is in your life right now. I'm believing this morning that that's gonna change that at the name of Jesus. Nothing else but the name of Jesus. You need to hear me on this, it's not not anything that we do, it's not our words, it's the name of Jesus. It's the authority that that name carries because of who He is, who He was, and who He continues to be as the almighty son of the most high God. And when we use that name, demons flee. When we use that name, sickness disappears. When we use that name, chains break. I'm telling you this morning, things are gonna happen in your life that are undeniable that are going to be a signpost to the fact that Jesus is real. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.